Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Talk Recovery. Today's episode number eight is going to be on the topic of grief. So welcome again to Straight Talk Recovery with Adam Kostiv and Raymond Moore. Hi, everybody. So it's nice to be back. We haven't we haven't done one in uh, in a little bit at that time of year, vacations and all of that good stuff. So I'm happy to come back and dive right back into this um, and talk about a, a, a challenging one to to talk about grief. Right. Um, I was thinking throughout uh, this particular episode, we not only touch grief, but look at bereavement and grief and and um, the differences between them and the similarities between them and and, and so on. So um, I, I think really and we spoke prior to the podcast about it. One of the things right. we really kind of connected with is the use of the Kubler-Ross model. Uh, for those of you that are not very familiar with that is, mm-hmm. is basically it breaks down grief into steps or five particular uh, common things that people tend to go through during the process of grief and bereavement. So um, I think I'll just lay them out really quickly. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And typically it's believed that many of these are experienced during the loss of, of something in your life. So I, I think before we really dive into the meat of everything is we really look at what grief actually means. Right. And and so if we're going to be honest uh, to ourselves and to the listeners here, I think, you know, that on occasion we open up a little bit about our personal lives here. And so as we pick this topic and we discuss this topic, uh, we we ourselves struggled with the ideas. Is this a topic we wanted to talk about today because of the personal connection to it in our own lives? Um, as you know, we spoke about uh, earlier again, Ray, I hope you don't mind, is Not that me and, me, me and Ray actually experienced similar losses this year. Uh, we both lost uh, our mothers this year. Um, and so that is something that we ourselves have been working through. So this topic is uh, hitting home for us in more ways than one. Most definitely. And, and you know, I, I think we've kind of been a little bit open with the listeners um, and sharing a little bit about ourselves, again, all in an attempt to have people understand that um, it's normal what they're going through. I mean, we sit as clinicians and, you know, we uh, we teach this stuff. We teach how to get through various things in our lives. Um, but we are human at the end of the day and we experience yeah. all of these things. And I think, you know, it's always helpful to hear, um, hear other people's experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, that was pretty devastating, at least I remember for the both of us working so yep. close to close so close to each other. And I think was it a week and a half or something it was like only, that? Yeah, it was only like two weeks apart. Yeah, so it was around there. Yeah, in the span of time that we both lost our our, our mothers. So um for me, at least with, with the grief, and I look at the Kubla Ross model here and I'm just like bang on. Just absolutely bang on to where it is. Um four years ago too, I also mentioned this. Uh, been sharing this with Adam as well is I experienced the loss of my father four years ago, which is fairly interesting because it wasn't up until actually this year, the anniversary of his passing, that I hit the acceptance stage. It took about four years for me to really kind of accept the the, the end result of everything and be able to process through the feelings and be able to uh, remember him more fondly, despite the fact I don't have you know, all the best memories that something within me and something inside of me um, has 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 healed. Right. And uh, much of that is the grieving 
of of him. Uh, I know a lot of times for me it was about denial. Definitely for me, I really stuck in the anger stage. I think for a very long time, a lot of past resentments, a lot of this, um, but eventually processed and, and and got through a lot of them and ended up at the acceptance stage. And um, it, it's not easy. And one of the things you're going to hear about grief is that there's no proper way of grieving. There's no right. uh, follow these steps to whatever. It's just a process that has to happen. And and I think we'll get into that a little more as we go yeah. on. But. And I think it's important to add here is, you know, we hear it in social media, we hear it in popular media, all different forms is, you know, oh, there's five steps, seven, all these different steps. What's got to be clear is not everyone hits every step, not everyone does the steps in a specific order. For myself, I know that, you know, when I look back and have a clear mind on it now is, the not denial, you know, I'm, I thought to myself, I never had denial after my mom passed away when, but I actually realize right now is my denial happened before she passed away. My denial was in that last 24 hours before she was going to pass away. In one moment, I actually knew that it was coming, but yet that's the part where my denial came in is, you know, the head says one thing, the heart says something else at that moment in time and trying to reconcile that. So again, it the steps and which way they happen, that's not important, right? It's the process that you're going through. We Ray mentioned earlier the difference between, you know, we hear these words, we hear grief, we hear bereavement. We got, you know, just to be clarifying to everyone, grief is the thoughts, feelings, behaviors that are connected with that loss, where bereavement is the period of mourning. And bereavement is different for everyone, right? So for some, the bereavement process is shorter. For some, it goes on for a much longer period of time, right? So we we know that, you know, uh, I myself earlier in my life, uh, I lost my first wife who passed away. And the grieving process there and the bereavement process there was different than, say, uh, my own, if I'm going to relate to my own family is my mother who lost a husband of 40 some odd years where I lost a wife of 18 months, right? The bereavement process. Yes. The grief was there and heavy. The bereavement length, what was different and it's different for everybody. Definitely. I, I want to go back to, to, to tonight. And thank you for sharing that, Adam. I mean, to put that out there is, is it, it takes a lot. Um, with denial, I know I'm still kind of in the healing process of the loss of my mom. <clears throat> it's, it's quite timely. And perhaps maybe even the healing process of my mom has allowed me to kind of close that book and, and, and move on with my, with my father. So um, I know with my mom, I'm still kind of in the denial phase. Right. I'm still kind of uh, kind of teeter tottering between denial and anger. And I know with denial for me, a lot of times it's just kind of going through my week and I fly through my week at a million miles an hour. And sometimes I just stop and be like, hey, I'm going to go check my mom on Friday and then be like, oh, wait, and then kind of realize like what has happened. Right. Yeah. For, For me, like my dad, I kind of like you very much. I think the grieving process for me when my father started long before due to the fact I lost them to basically um, the effects of alcoholism, you could kind of see it coming. You kind of prepare yourself the best that you can. But with my mom, it was very sudden. I mean, you knew the circumstances with my mom. She right. had a very kind of unexpected stroke and just it went completely downhill very, very fast. And for me, she was invisible. I mean, as intelligent as I am, I never thought she would die. 
I, I know that sounds absolutely absurd, but that was my mom. She was my hero. Like, honestly, I just never thought that as being a, a thing. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But nevertheless, I, <clears throat> where I sit now is kind of like anger. Now I'm looking back and I'm kind of like, well, why didn't she take better care of herself? Why did she smoke all those years? Why didn't she better take care of her, her emotional and mental health? She was always about her kids. Um, you know, so there's some anger still kind of happening is, is why you spend more time focusing on other people and not yourself, because if you focus on yourself, you'd be here for us. So right. I'm I'm kind of going through all of the processing that goes along with it. And one of the things I realized, which is vastly different than my experience with my father, was the amount of compassion and um the amount of compassion that I'm giving myself to get through this process, to understand who this person was to me, how much they mattered. And because they're gone, that will never, ever change the impact that that person had on my life. And that is never going to stop the fact that I'm forever going to be grateful that even though she's not with me in the physical sense, and I like to identify as being more of a, a, a spiritual person, that she's always with me one way or another. Right. I, I truly believe I, I was sharing with um, this with you, Adam, uh, a few days ago and even today. Um, I'm on my own little personal journey now, kind of trying to take better care of myself. And I, I think through the kind of suffering and I'm, I'm going to I want to come back to the, that right. word a little bit later, because I think it, it gets looked at in a very poor way. But <clears throat> through the suffering of, the, of this process, it, it's actually inspired me. It's almost like, you know, um, this this energy has came into me as a result of what has happened to my mom. And in my heart, I like to believe that this is kind of like my mom taking over me and, and, you know, preventing me from making those same mistakes. Like she's done her entire life. Right. So, um, I, I think the denial process is is absolutely, um, the first step. It's the shock, the disbelief, it's the rationalization. It's all of that. So, um, for those of you that may have had a recent loss out there, um, whatever you're going through, uh, go through it. I mean, that's yeah. the best advice I can give you. Allow yourself to be angry. Allow yourself to be upset. Allow yourself to go through whatever it is you're going through. Give it time. Right. And I, and that's where I wanted to add to is when we were talking about anger and what I've recognized and, uh, for, from clients I've worked with, but also, you know, personally is, you know, that they talk about anger. We talk about that anger and some of the examples they use that, you know, uh, angry at them, but there's the anger at ourselves. So for, for those people who have been dealing with, say, an elderly parent or someone who's been on the decline for a significant part of time or someone who's taken up a lot of their resources, right? They have that thoughts while the person's still alive. It's like, oh, it's a pain. It's this. And then all of a sudden, it ha- you know, something happens. That person's no longer there. And all of a sudden, there's that guilt. And they're angry at themselves because, oh, my goodness, why wasn't I better at that time? Was Why, you know, oh, I was terrible. I, I feel guilty about this. And there's that portion of it as well. That falls under anger. So just because there's these different categories, there's different ways those categories get um, 
felt within the person. Like we said, guilt, right, is a big one that we struggle with. You know, should have I spent more time, right? So there's those, oh, I didn't pick up that phone call or I didn't go see them as often. Or when I did call them, I made it a really short phone call because you know what? They were irking me more and more during that time. Well, yeah, that that is what happened. We can't change that past, right? But like Ray said, it's about being better to yourself, giving yourself a break, allowing yourself, okay, for forgiveness. Your own forgiveness is such a big part of this process too. Most, most definitely. And, and I think that's kind of like the, the, the lot later stages of yep. uh, my process with my father was, was that as well. Right. Um, for me, I've always kind of had this because I've been in the field for a while now. I, I have that Superman complex. So I kind of figure that I could have went over and drastically changed my mom's life. And she becomes this spiritual giant that, you know, like I kind of had, and then even my father, he died of alcoholism. I mean, my kind of my forte is, is working with uh, people with um, uh, substance use disorders. Right. So like, why, why couldn't I get to the, 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 the kingfish himself fix his depression and he can move on with his life and be hunky dory like me. Right. Sure. So um, I, I think the biggest is when I, stopped and actually looked at myself and said, you know what, you're human, allow yourself to experience what it is that's happening, and then move forward. So um, one of the other things I want to kind of get off onto uh, another area of grief as well is the that grief can happen in many different situations. It's not particular to um, people. Um, you can also be grieving uh, a loss in your life because the the most easy way to understand grief is is essentially loss that you're you're losing something significant for you. So one of the biggest issues I find with grief is that where it becomes very challenging is that it's one of those things in your life that you really can't think your way out of. Right, the loss of something um, may feel like you've lost control. Then you may feel like there is absolutely no way of act of fixing something grief is is it is what it is i mean we have the term in the psychotherapy world radical acceptance and when things happen they happen a lot of times we can think our way out of situations a lot of times we can justify rationalize all those beautiful words that we use to get out of a situation but grief is one of those things where uh it, it, you, you just can't. You got to radically accept the, the situation for what it is. Yes, build from it. Yes, learn from it. But ultimately, it it will not change the the source of what that loss is. That makes sense, right? Absolutely. And like you said, loss comes in so many different aspects. And from the mental health field, is we saw we see things in such as loss of identity where all of a sudden we you know a person loses their job or a person no longer can do something and they've held that as part of who they are well they grieve that as well right so there is the loss in our own selves that we have to deal with so we see that you know people getting depressed because you know they've lost their job and they were you know say um a first responder for all their lives. And now they're not that person and they're now searching for that new identity. Well, they're grieving the loss of the old, but the radical acceptance is now about who they're going to, you know, that that's done. But now it's about finding out who they're going to be, who they want to be and how to get there. 
Right. And that and that and that's where a lot of helps come, you know, help comes in and asking for help. Grieving doesn't have to be a solitary process. And too many of us spend so much time alone in the process, holding down the feelings, holding down what's going on with them and not sharing with the people closest to them. Right. And so all too often we hear, you know, that, you know, say uh, in, a, in a couple's relationship, oh, I'm trying to be strong for this other person. Well, you're grieving as well. Right. Mm-hmm. And grieving actually does work better together. Right. We talk whether it's addiction or whatever. It's about support groups or be having, you know, where where do you get your support? Where do you get that care that you need the self? Well, the people around us, people you surround yourself with. They can't be there for you if you don't let them know what's going on. Definitely. Definitely. And and me, I mean, you know a little bit about my background. I think you know a lot at this point. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but ultimately, I, I did not really come from an environment where you talk about your feelings and that kind of stuff. And, you know, the timing of when um, uh, the deaths of our mothers happened, uh, it was in- interesting how we kind of found each other and was, we're, we're right. very um supportive of each other and and made it very clear that you know what these two guys that absor- absorb a lot of stress that deal with a lot of people's pains so on and so on were able to stop for a second and honestly I I'm not going to comment for you but I know for you like um, this kind of sounds terrible but honestly like I'm I'm kind of glad I went through it with somebody that yeah. like I kind of saw this man I respect in front of me that was also kind of going through a similar struggle. And I think this is the power of support groups as well, is that mm-hmm. you, you sit there and you know that there's somebody right now that understands on some level what it is you're going through. And especially if you're one of those, like you said, those people that have that identity of being the tough guy, never gets to him. He's just go, go, go. That in that moment, I mean, this was my hero. I mean, for the sake of... of making this very clear this was my mommy my mommy right like this this was um i i I told you this i for the first time in my life i used to hear therapists always say find that inner child and honestly i was like that's some oprah stuff right like (laughs) i i really don't get that and i think i shared with you when i did get the news of my mom dying when i finally cried i actually was crying mommy 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 and not not mom or, or whatever. Right. So yeah. uh, I think in that situation, the connection with you and the, having that person mm-hmm. that was essentially in, in, for me was saying, it's okay, you're human. Right. And I found that you soothed and kind of comforted me through the process and uh, made it a lot easier for me. Like definitely it was a lot easier this time than it was for my, for my dad, despite the fact my mom was my hero. Right. So, right. Yeah, and, and and what you're saying, I, I relate to it so much is the fact I was going through this with you as well, and for myself, and it made it easier. What has come out of the process, and again, we were talking about support and lat, is while me and Ray have been friends for a while, and I'm going to speak for myself, is I found myself so much closer to Ray now. Mm-hmm. Because of For that, sure. because of the the openness, the honesty, the vulnerability that we showed to each other, two guys, two guys who consider themselves, yeah, macho or you know the the the, the leaders that like this, and all of a sudden we're, we're talking about stuff that if I you know if I'm going to be honest is I really haven't talked to another guy mm-hmm. the same way. Heck, you know it, it allow you know even for my you know my my wife not not you know being able to have ray to 
open up about certain things that are very specific that we could talk about, right, uh, was so helpful having that other person because, you know what, different people fit different roles for you at times too. For sure. Right. And that, and that's what I found. And so now, you know, to say that, you know, me and Ray are much closer, that'd be an understatement. For sure. Absolutely. For me. Yep. And, and this is what I think, like, I mean, we're going to hear about this a lot because I, I say this to basically everybody I work with. And I think it's because it's become like my mantra is that, you know, regardless of how powerful you are, your status, how you think of yourself, how others think of you, at the end of the day, the most powerful things we all have in our own respective lives are our emotions. And if you don't Mm -hmm. deal with those emotions, and again, I'm like a broken record with this, they will beat you down. They will beat you down. So if you don't deal with this and you don't find other people to talk to, talk to, what you're going to do is you're going to find other ways of coping that leads us to substances um, and other behaviors that are not healthy that allow us to cope. And what that does is it basically pauses what's actually happening with us and where we are in our life and where we are in our journey or whatever you want to call it to basically deal with a problem that. Um, you're not dealing with. So having that support, having those people, making those connections, um, allowing yourself to not be tough for one second, because I think definitely being tough is being able to be like, hey, Adam, you know what? I'm hurting. Right. Right. And and not be concerned of what anyone else is going to think. I mean, uh, if you're tough, you should be able to do that. If you if you are running from your problem, I think by definition, it actually makes you weak. Right. Right. So again, if there's people out there that may be struggling with something, grief of any sorts. I mean, one of the things, uh, Adam, this is kind of I'm going to go off on a bit of a tangent now, but absolutely um, beautiful. I remember one time working with a client in group and for the life of me, I could not get him to understand uh, just the basics of addiction. Right. And he said, I don't know what you're saying, but all I know is I feel a great deal of grief. And I was like, okay, great. So maybe there's some sort of trauma happening for him. And like, we're on to something here, right? And he goes, no, no, no. I'm grieving the loss of my drug. And I was like, you know what? I was like, like, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I didn't, I wasn't thinking about it in the moment. And then he started to describe it. He's like, my drug allowed me to feel comfortable. My drug allowed me to feel this sense of love. My drug allowed me to get up and not be so hard. And he started to really romanticize the psycho, um, psychoactive um, nature nature of, of what the drug actually did to him. And I was thinking to myself, my God, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Because now what he was left with was he wasn't left with that drug anymore. He was now left with those uncomfortable emotions, not feeling comfortable, and basically the opposite of everything he was seeking. And now... He is truly legitimately grieving the loss of this one thing that, w- that, w- that was helping him. I think once we got through everything, he realized it w- really wasn't helping him. But nevertheless, he was grieving the loss of something that allowed him to um, cope with what was actually yeah. happening with him, right? So grief can take many different heads. It can take uh, relationships. I mean, that's a whole podcast in itself, <laughs> <laughs> grieving the loss of a past yeah. partner or whatever it may be. But um, it's important to understand that grief happens, loss happens, and the healing usually starts from that. I, right. I did mention suffering earlier. Um, that's often a word I use, or sorry, that I often hear people use after some sort of loss in their life. And 
I, I think it's important to understanding that a lot of growth comes through suffering. Because mm-hmm. for me personally, the whole issue with my dad took me four years. I can definitely say I was suffering, right? I I was yeah. definitely suffering. And through that suffering came a great deal of growth, understanding and so on. Because all the years he was alive, I was still mad at him, right? So even after he died, I was still mad at him. It wasn't until kind of I went through that process, that suffering, that actually kind of taught me that, you know what, I do have a choice here of how I choose to remember him, how I choose to feel or experience him, and that I don't have to sit there and be like, if only he did this, this, and this, that I could basically say that, you know what, there were some things that 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 I really remember about him and appreciate about him. And at the end of the day, he was my father, and that meant something to me. And um, all of this, I kind of learned through that suffering um, stage. I don't know if I'd call it a stage, but... The, throughout the process that yeah. that's suffering so it's important to know if you are out there suffering to learn from that process to allow yourself to heal but but don't st- don't stay in it do something go ahead and, and that's the piece i wanted to, i actually have been thinking about i wanted to jump in on at some point Perfect. because we we start off with the bereavement mm-hmm. and how, of the di- different length of process and stuff like that and what you're talking about is when you don't work on that suffering yep. and actually accept it or whatever, you are extending the bereavement process. You may actually be pausing it in a way that you think, oh, I'm not even thinking about it anymore. I'm not doing it. But you know what? Inside your it, your body is actually feeling it somewhere. You're actually still going and you're just mentally checking out on that part and guess what how often do we work with people who have lost someone or lost something in their lives 20 years ago and all of a sudden now it comes to the forefront and now they're in the grieving process well that's still part of the bereavement process because all they did was put a pause on it right putting the pause on it not dealing with the suffering is a pause it will not just disappear it's going to come back. It's actually going to run the course at some point in time. And you are going to have to deal with it whether you like it or not. You can't hide from it forever. Little pieces will slip out here and there. And at some for some people, you know, it's like the balloon popping. All of a sudden, one thing, you know, one, so one more thing happens and the explosion comes out. Everything's released at once, which is very hard to deal with, right? So that's why recognizing it and understanding that you are suffering and taking the time to actually look at what the suffering is about, what's actually happening for you and processes it, processing it is the only way to actually get through it. Definitely. Yeah. So there's so much more we can talk about grief. This is just scratching the surface. Uh, but before we wrap up, you know, I want to do a, a little educational piece here for those younger listeners, uh, which I'm sure there's plenty of. And, and that's, you know, I'll call this second, uh, this section uh, vocabulary 101, Ray. So for those who don't understand what honky dory is, that means he was doing okay. Uh, I, I didn't, wasn't going to let that one go, Ray. Yeah. Do you know what word I actually used yesterday? Sorry, this is totally off. But I saw the word scram. I haven't heard, I haven't heard that in years. <laughs> yeah, I'm showing I'm showing my age. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, this brings so, us. To, well, go ahead, right? Yeah. yeah sorry, I just want to wrap up a, uh, yeah. again to people out there, and and yeah. I, I think definitely with COVID and um, you know the many other things that may be happening out there, um, that there are people that are going through similar things uh, as us, and wow. and I hope I hope that with this 
particularly this episode, um, our experience, uh, mine and Adam's experience with each other and connecting with each other, uh, motivates you to go out and, and connect with somebody too. If you don't have that person you were close to, I mean, Adam's desk is literally 10 feet away from mine. At the end of the day, there are groups out there. There are support groups. There are many different places. You can call us directly here if you like as well. I mean, at the end of the day, reach out. Don't don't do this alone. You're going to experience and feel. But at the end of the day, talk to people and, and, and you know, support each other. Right. That's a perfect way to segue to the end here is just remember, everyone, the important thing that we end up with every single time is remember, keep talking. And so this has been another episode of Straight Talk Recovery with Adam Kostiv and Raymond Moore. Bye, everybody.